Garage Logic Podcast number 88. I don't know about 100. January 29th, 2019. 29 below on this day in downtown Garage Logic in 1951. 49 degrees in 1931. Brought to you by Knack Hardware and Lounge. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Let's dismiss something right away, shall we? Based on an email from Rachel. Weed? Pardon? Are we going back to the weed well? (laughs) No. Oh, (laughs) Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, uh, meaning uh, the 29th and 30th of January in this uh, region of Gumption County, are predicted to be extremely cold. I have no doubt that they will cancel schools all over the state. They already have. To keep our kids safe from the dangerous cold. Growing up in the 60s, I don't remember this happening. We wore dresses to school each day with a pair of snow pants under our dresses. We all looked like Randy from A Christmas Story. (laughs) These days, our winter clothing is far superior in keeping us warm, so with better clothing, we are at greater risk. Why? It all goes back to losing touch with nature. People have lost the ability to use judgment and dress accordingly. I see kids walking down the sidewalk in shorts and below freezing temperatures. Our mothers would never have let us leave the house dressed like that. I guess I just wasn't made for these times, Rachel. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, We can all sound like uh, crotchety old uh, people wondering why these kids can't go to school. But you know what? That train has left the station. We're not going to cure that. We're not going to cure that. It's only going to get... I remember when Arnie Carlson did this in the late 90s. If you'll recall, Arnie Carlson faced some dilemma of windshield or what have you in the late 90s, and he was uh, uh, criticized for closing school. And I remember wondering, I predicted the day would come when the kids would not be allowed outside if it was too warm. Yes. Because the, the teachers would have been uh, entrusted to protect them from sun damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in any event, there, there's nowhere to go with that. Yes, the schools are closed. It's, it's terribly cold, and uh, we're not going to change that. Yeah. I have a question for you. I've been dying to ask you this. Um, and it's along the lines of, you know, when there's a blizzard in New York or Boston and the whole country has to hear about it, right? Right, right. Well, now we're dealing with uh, what's going to be very dangerous wind chills and low temperatures here in the Twin Cities. But meanwhile, the folks in the outskirts have already been looking at 25, 26 below sure. for a couple of weeks on and off since uh, the middle of December. How do you feel about that? Now the whole state is being um, told how to live their lives because it's going to be 26 below here in the Twin Cities. Meanwhile, up north, it's been 26 below a right. few times. I guess the way I'd answer that is that the farther away you get from the country's tallest buildings, those people aren't paying any attention down here anyway. Yeah. So they're not going to take any admonitions from the salon about how they should dress. Look, at, let's not make any mistakes about this either. I don't want some little kid to freeze to death in a 50-below windshield. Oh, you're out on that limb. I'm, I'm, that's a pretty <laughs> okay. safe limb to be on. Okay. So, so, uh, uh, but, but there's nowhere to go with the ranting and the raving. The, uh, the overwhelming uh, evidence uh, weighs heavily uh, uh, on the side of uh, school officials and politicians, for example, 
believing they're playing well to their constituencies, and they are if you're going to keep a kid safe in this weather. Mm-hmm. And 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 nothing is to be gained by us saying two million four hundred and forty. Hi, what? Hi, hi Joe. Nothing's to be gained by me pointing out that you know, oh, geez, I had hockey practice when I was fifteen below outside. Those yeah. days are gone. It's if not it, going to happen if anymore. If it makes you feel any better, I had to park in the way back lot. The way back, yeah. way back lot, and uh, there's a big hill of snow there that they've piled yeah. up. It's 12 feet high, at least. At least, yeah. Uh, when I walked in, there were three kids playing King of the Hill and having a blast. Sweet. Really? So, yeah, Such, really. how do you approach this in your day-to-day life when you go into the knack hardware or barbershop, whatever, and people start with the, oh, it's so cold. Do you put your smug hat on and go, nah, it's nothing. <laughs> that's that's how I play it. I'm like, yeah, we're no, used to this. Come on. This is, you know, this is us. You, you know? got me thinking. One time I went out to a North Stars practice. And it was weather like this, mm-hmm. and and because I'm a genius, I I, uh, I asked all the guys who at that time they would have all been kids who grew up in Canada and played outdoors, and I remember seeing what's the coldest you can ever remember. Oh yeah, and then they started out doing each other. Yeah. Oh sure, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. I got you. Wait, I, no, I was forty below here. Oh, I remember when the train stopped dead in the tracks because the wheels froze to the steam. And Tommy Reed would say, I remember the streetlight shattered, you know. And they went on and on and on. And it was great fun. It was great fun. I would like to remind everybody, just a few years ago, uh, how old is Bud Grant? He's got to be 120 by now. Vikings were playing uh, outside yep. on the U of M. What did Bud do when it was 20 He below? handed his coat to the commissioner. He had his golf shirt out. <laughs> that was so awesome. That's what I think of. I mean, that should be us. That should be our mentality how did to Henry, dealing with How this. did Henry Boucher learn to skate so fast? Anybody remember his answer? Because he grew up skating on the river in War Road, and when he heard the ice crack, and he yeah. beat oh, hell yeah, for sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, Bud told. Oh, didn't we, didn't that come up? Yes. when we had no, Bud on. It, no, it it did not come up with him on the air. That's it right. came up in your After. in your uh, memory of that. Yeah. Uh, I have a garage ruling that we haven't uh, had Hold since on. we went to the podcast. Hold on, before you move off of weather, did you see the note from Atlanta where the Super and I Bowl's am going. Held? I'm getting off weather, by the way. Again, I, I don't think there's anything to be gained by us lamenting the loss of contact with nature. Super Bowl Fifty Three in Atlanta this yeah. Sunday. Yeah, they canceled school today in Atlanta. Why? They thought they might get an inch of snow. Right. Yeah. Chris, did you see the well, traffic they can't, match? They can't move if they get an inch Did you snow. have a look at the traffic map on Sunday, or no, Saturday, when there was a dusting of snow? Down there? there were, no, up here. Oh. There was 9 million accidents. Yeah, we can't right. deal with right. an inch of snow. You're right. You know what all started the weather, don't you? Hmm. I'm Morgan Cuey Wolf Slattery, the Euphorian weather person. Yes. Due to the excessive sunshine, please use SPF 50 or greater. Today's SPF regulations are mandatory between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. I repeat, all euphorians today, please use SPF 50 or greater. Thank you. She started the oh, movement. I miss her. Oh. Mm-hmm. She was so much fun. <laughs> so dumb. Garage wood ruling. Joe, I went down to Fort Myers for Christmas with the end goal of loading a moving truck and helping my in-laws move back to Minnesota. The truck is almost full now and the house almost empty. As I was sifting through leftovers to pack, I started stacking the garage wood in a corner so it was out of the way and available for the next guy who lives in the house. No, no, said my father-in-law. 
that's coming with us. Good. <laughs> what says the mayor? Garage wood goes with the garage, doesn't it? Oh. No. Huh? Not necessarily. No, it goes with the owner. It goes with the owner. Right. Yeah. yeah. Particularly the best pieces. Yeah. You can leave scraps behind. Yeah, it'll, it'll but if you got your special garage wood now for new people who have not understood the concept of garage wood, everybody needs various sizes and chunks of wood in their garage for a variety of errands that might suddenly materialize. You got to block up a car, you got to do whatever. You need blocks of wood. You got to test drill bits in them. You yes. you got you, you kick them out of the way. They're abused, but Mine they're are your friend. Covered with grease and yes. oil yeah. and epoxy <laughs> and varnish and paint. Yes. Yes. But man, they're not getting taken away because just when you're going to need it you're going to need it. Oh, yeah. So uh, the ruling uh, for the fellow down in Florida is uh, dad is absolutely correct. That wood is coming. That yeah. He has a history with that wood. Yeah. He has a history and a relationship with that wood. It's perfectly acceptable. You might not be able to have a relationship with a tree, but you can have a relationship with the product of that tree. And so dad's going to bring that wood home. If they want to leave a few pieces behind for the new owner, all that would fall under the realm of is they're being very charitable. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Very kind. Because the new guy is probably going to bring his old garage wood to the new house. Absolutely. Mine is all classified. It's anything larger than a 4x4. Four four. They're 4x4 four four and up. If it's a 2x4, I'll let it go. No yeah. attachment. But yeah. if it's a 4x4, four four, a 4x6, four six, a 6x6, six six, and it's anywhere from 8 to 18 inches, that's a cherished piece of wood. Oh, I have honks that are yeah. 100 years old. Hand-me-downs. I've got some my dad gave me. I have hand-me-downs. Yes. I have hand-me-downs. <laughs> I have hand-me-downs. Don't laugh. Or I, just, I, bet your bro- I bet your brothers and can, dad have these. Can I? You're the only one in your family that doesn't possess no, a garage. I wood. have a piece. You want to know how pathetic my life is? Do you know what mine's used for? It's my can smasher. That's fine. And everybody to each their own, huh? That's what they're for. Anything. I have a piece of the floor covered in glue and varnish from the now demolished Johnson Boatworks. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I got a five-foot wow, section cool. of a floorboard. Oh, that's really neat. And it's not going anywhere. Is that it's the one useless. That you It's useless as a piece of garage wood, but it's garage art Yes, mm-hmm. because it's a piece of that floor. No, I would only touch the boats on the side that's of these varnishing. Right. But I, I would like to introduce something you can rule here. Along the lines of garage wood, I would like to offer uh, a piece called the garage corduroys. Now, uh, earlier this year, I was uh, doing some red spray painting, and I had a pair of corduroys on, and I did all the stuff in the garage, and I went about my business, but later on that day, after walking to the bank and to the grocery store, I looked down at my corduroys, and from the knees down, the brown corduroys were faintly painted red. Okay, now now you might think I'm going to be dismissive of you. I thought you would mock me for this. Those could become garage pants. Yeah. They, they, for I, me, they are now. Kenny, yeah. I've no. had a pair of garage yeah. pants. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Problem is, I and forget you know I wear them here. It's just they've been corduroys. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, they absorb so much. It's just it's funny to me, Such, that you've got to be pushing 50. You've got to be I really just hit 50 this year. And it took you this long to acquire a pair of garage yeah, clothes? I never had garage clothes before. Well, because have, you have no knack uh, skill, and you're correct. rarely in the garage unless your wife tells you to make a new box chair. <laughs> correct. Or some deer, right, some deer out of yeah. birch. Sure. Yeah. Reindeer, yeah. Well, welcome to the club, Matthew. Yeah, it's I've got my garage wood already. Wait, wait, wait. So One question. How, how long did it take you to realize, time-wise, you said, 
Because you went and ran no errands. There's no shame in this, Christopher. No, but, but before he noticed that half of his I, pants were covered in paint. I didn't notice that day. They had gone through the wash. <laughs> So I didn't notice. <laughs> I put them in the wash. wash. They went through the wash, and then everything's day, pink. <laughs> one day I was putting them on to go to work here, and I'm pulling. Them and I go, what is on my knee? And I saw both knees. It wasn't oh like God. harsh red, but just fainted red. And I put them on anyway. And I'm getting mocked. You no. know, my favorite comment was about Garage Wood when we were putting the book together. Garage Logic, the companion guide to life in a radio town. There was a chapter on Garage Wood. Yep. And a guy emailed me, and he said. My dad used to have a saying, those pieces are too small to throw away. <laughs> too small to throw away. Too small to throw away. Too small to throw away. got to keep those. That's it's too brilliant. small to throw away. I still, to this day, I have a box of mahogany pieces. They can't be discarded. No, not mahogany, okay, not black walnut, yeah, nothing well, like that. Red what oak. are you waiting to that's just to it, Matt. You, you never know. You, you don't never know. know. <laughs> you never know. And the say, for me, it's the same thing with scrap metal. I've had scrap metal that's been floating around my garage for six to ten years, right. and then all of a sudden a light bulb goes off, and it's like, oh my goodness, I can use that, and you end up using it. So to Chris Ingerbritson down in Fort Myers, no, Dad's right. That garage wood is going home with him. The Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show is back February 8th through the 10th at the Minneapolis Convention Center. The latest and greatest gear, apparel, and destination golf resort vacations. Try your luck on the green with a $100,000 pontoon putt presented by Nelson Marine. Two cool offers. With every advanced online ticket, you'll receive 17 free green fee passes and a golf shirt. Or your Up North VIP ticket comes with two vouchers for the $100,000 pontoon putt, a Nike pullover, and 18 holes at the Wilderness at Fortune Bay. The Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Tickets at MinnesotaGolfShow.com. Hey! Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. I'm depressed. Uh-oh. Johnny, you weren't here. I was touting a documentary that was on HBO last night. Okay. Called Deadline Artists. Yes, I saw the. Uh, I didn't see it, but I saw the. Previews. You need to see it. Okay, it's a documentary about Jimmy Breslin and Pete Hamill. Yeah, who absolutely ruled journalism as columnists, along with Mike Royko, I'd say, uh, in the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, into the nineties. Mm-hmm. And one of the opening shots is a crowded subway. The subway cars in New York in either the fifties or the sixties, and without exaggeration. Everyone on the car was reading a paper. Uh. <laughs> and then they cut to wow. the shot today of everybody riding on the subway car. And without exaggeration, everyone was looking at their on phone. Their phone. Yep. Looking at their phone. In 1988, the New York Daily News had a newsroom of 488 people. Wow. You know what it is today? 45. Oh, wow. 45. 10%? Wow. The New York Post building is now some other business. The Daily News building is some other business. It's gone. And anyway, Breslin and Hamill, uh, the likes of them, are gone. Just gone. When people were reading the paper on the subway, they were actually reading news. Now when they're looking at their phone, what are they? Twitter, yep. Facebook, Instapot. Or Instagram, what a, yeah. Snapchat. And right. you forget all of the national stories that Breslin got himself involved with. Yeah. 
uh, who was the son of Sam? Berkowitz? David Berkowitz. David Berkowitz. And Berkowitz was communicating with Breslin at the paper, writing him letters, and Breslin would go on TV and say, this guy could have made a living as a writer. I thought it was Hamill writing me this stuff. I got to say, he's the only serial killer I've ever known that knows how to use a semicolon. And and Breslin hated cops. (laughs) Breslin hated cops, but the cops loved him because Breslin brought all this stuff to the cops. Who was the guy, another national story he got involved with, who was the guy who uh, took upon himself the vigilante actions in a subway? Was it Getz? Bernie Getz. Yeah. Bernie, Bernard yeah. Getz. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Getz, you'll recall, was being lionized throughout the country. Why, right. somebody took a stand finally. Right. Somebody... Breslin ripped the hell out of this guy for weeks. You mean to tell me you shot two guys in the back and then the profanity was extraordinary? Oh, wow. And and um, just, I was reminded of all the, and then remember he and Norman Mailer ran for mayor <laughs> yeah. in, in, of New York. And uh, Pete Hamill hung out with Jackie Kennedy, yeah. dated her. Yeah. Pete Hamill's sister said, I never knew who he was going to bring to my house for Thanksgiving. One year was Linda Ronstadt. Yeah. Wow. You know, and and they were the they were. We don't have that. But Breslin was a difficult, difficult, uh, not a warm guy. Yeah, boy, that's interesting. It reminds me of uh, some guy that I currently work with. Uh, what's Local his guy? name? He's into boats. Uh, no, yeah, not Ricey. No. no. Yeah. Um, but you, I actually started reading a whole bunch of Breslin earlier in the year, and I had a really interesting conversation with you and Pat off the air. Um, and it was his gravedigger story and his doctor at Parkland uh, Hospital story. Right, right. And I was, um, I didn't realize that he created that approach to reporting and journalism because I see it all the time including from both you and especially Pat. And then you off the air said, I'm more guilty of it than Pat is. But I think Pat has made his whole career on that Breslin style. Find the guy over there that nobody talks to and talk to him. Uh, I'm not... I'd accuse me of that, not Pat. Yeah, and that's what you said, and I see it But more... there's nothing to be accusatory about. What it was called was new journalism. And what you're what? doing is you're applying the conventions of novel writing to reporting, scene-by-scene construction, dialogue, point of view, scene-by-scene construction, I said that. And Tom Wolfe was in this documentary, yeah. and he was commenting about it. I recommend it to anybody if you can find it again. Mm. What's it called, called, Joe? Deadline Artists. Deadline Artists. Uh, how can you not see it from Pat? He's, I said, I do, but I, Pat a, irritates me because his lead is always in the sixth paragraph. Yeah, it drives bur- me crazy. <laughs> bur- bury the lead. It drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. I've told him that for 40 and years. You he know what? Care. It, didn't, it didn't bother me until I talked to you about it. And he pointed it. it out. And now it drives me crazy. Oh, it drives yeah. me crazy. Sometimes it was, it's the 12th paragraph. I am and you know what? The you know, scene. And the, the king of all is his turkey, his turkey thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that, that's, it's, it's at the very end and you're right. still not sure after right. you read it. It's like, wait a minute, who's the turkey? There was a uh, Carson uh, Tonight Show about a month or two Breslin ago. Breslin was on with Carson a couple times. That, well, this the program Breslin was on the last 25 minutes, and it was, you know, you never see anything like that on TV anymore. Not anymore. It was wonderful. Yeah. Breslin had a new book out at the time. I don't know what it was. A Gang Who Couldn't Shoot Straight, probably. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. It was. And uh, the interview was just fantastic, and Breslin was funny, and, you know, Carson was engaging. You're right. You think Kimmel or this uh, kid on NBC, you think they're interviewing authors authors and no. or reporters Found. or columnists? No. no, of course not. No. Who, who would you place 
uh, albeit a stretch, not a breast. Who would you place in that current role? That there isn't one. Or that just doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Hmm. It's gone. It's hmm. gone. Well, just think, just think. How unlikely is it that a newspaper columnist could become important in this day and age? Yeah. People don't even read the paper. The uh, papers yeah, are right. dying. Right. Yeah, right. There's no... But was Breslin's, uh, his motivation wasn't to become popular and big, was it? What was his motivation? Well, it was that's, just that's very interesting. When asked what what what's the greatest story what's what's the greatest story you ever covered, Jimmy? He goes, "Me." Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> JB right. number one, he called himself. <laughs> JB number one. What's your greatest story, Jimmy? And I, I expect him to say it like a Mike Royko answer. Royko once was asked, "What?" and I've stolen Royko's answer. Royko was asked once, what's the best column you've ever written? And Royko's answer was, the last one. <laughs> and the guy said, why? And Royko said, because it's done. <laughs> Deadline writers. Yep, yep. You don't think we have anybody like that anymore? Uh, just me. <laughs> well, look what no, but in, uh, not look what you did with Frank Demaris, the uh, a garbage guy driving around, and the way you made him seem like such a character through all the different styles of recycling and the trucks and all that stuff. And well, that's small potatoes compared to what Bruce. Well, yeah, no, I'm not trying to, I'm, but I'm just saying uh, along those lines doesn't mean it's not good. Right. Yeah. Right. No, it was just a, a, it was just a different uh, was just a different era. They they uh, and the people they got involved with. I mean, they knew that Pete Hamill dated Jackie Kennedy, and Breslin once wrote about that. And Hamill got mad at him. and Said, "What are you writing a column about me dating these people?" And Breslin said, "I needed it. <laughs> Meaning he needed a column to get That's it." That's Roycey. I needed it. That's yeah. Roycey's yeah. line. God will provide. I need it. <laughs> Sits down at the typewriter with an empty head. 20 no, minutes later, no, he's done. No, it's, not, <laughs> it's, not, it's not. I'll tell you the original line, because I was there when he said it. Red Smith was writing seven days a week. And he went, Red, how do you do seven days a week? And Red said, God is good. <laughs> <laughs> What's your opinion on uh, Studs Terkel? I loved him. Did you? Yeah. I've, I've tried to read him, uh, and uh, it's just too depressing for me. It's just so dour and down. Sounds well, like then, you know what we'll do with that? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you about something that will be uplifting to you. Right. Stud Circle sounds like a made-up name. One size fits all? That doesn't fit anyone. That's why Federated Insurance exists, and that's why they're a mutual company that tailors their, uh, its programs to your needs. They offer property, casualty, life, disability, income insurance to businesses and select industries. Their market representatives get to know you. They will custom tailor the business to suit yours. If it's driving a significant part of your business, they'll talk to you about auto liability. And in this weird day and age, you should be worried about a cyber attack. They'll take care of you with data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need a unique insurance carrier. Get in touch with a Federated Insurance Marketing Representative to see how their second-to-none service can help you. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Let's, uh, let's return with Johnny Height, shall we? And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere. Except for the garage wood that results from the tree. 
Here's John Hyde in the Garage Logic Gumption County newsroom. Thank you, Joe. Our frigid weather causing schools to close. We know that already. Uh, not only around the uh, metro in St. Paul and Minneapolis, but the University of Minnesota has also canceled class due to the cold. According to University of Minnesota Public Safety, classes with start times later than noon on Tuesday are canceled. All classes on Wednesday are canceled. The campus will remain open for all other business, according to the university. When, uh, when on Sunday... They decided to lock everything down on Monday. They trapped themselves into having to close Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What's their history with closing? Is is this rare? No, um, they all got rules. A certain temperature you're going to close. But Wednesday's legitimate. Today, uh, my kid went to school yesterday and today, but they're going to close it for tomorrow. But... Matthew, you went to Brown Institute, right? Yes. When you were went, did they uh, <laughs> give you this BS line that we never close no matter what the weather is, we'll be here. So if you can get here, you get here. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly saying that you have to go to work because you're going to be in this industry and people are going to be relying on you. But yeah. I don't ever remember a snow day at Brown. Yeah, me neither. Jason Soule. I skipped a lot, but I don't remember a snow day. <laughs> yeah, I was drunk a lot, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jason, Jason Soule, St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter's public safety advisor and a longtime advocate for criminal justice reform, is stepping down after telling Mayor Carter that his ideas had been ignored. Soule's a criminal justice professor and past president of the Minneapolis NAACP. He resigned. <laughs> Former Chicago gang member. Yes, he is. As St. Paul's director of Community First Public Safety Initiatives after less than a year on the job. Uh, rising from his past as a Chicago gang member, Soul earned bachelor's and master's degrees in criminal justice, worked as an assistant professor at Metropolitan State University, and now is an instructor at Hamlin. That's not a real school, is it? Metropolitan State? <laughs> Metro State. Isn't that where you get an Ovaltine wrapper in 10 bucks? You get some kind of AA degree or something? Answer this question. Yeah. What is your name? Right. Is this a bad, How do you feel? Is this a bad time to say that's where my wife graduated from? Yeah. yeah. Yes, well, it is a bad time to say that. You, know, you can find the right yeah. classes. You're going to get a good... <laughs> he was president of the Minneapolis NAACP before starting his job with St. Paul in March of 2018. Over his first few months, he held community meetings around town to gather community feedback on what his priorities should be. According to the letter that he wrote to the mayor, however, he and the mayor disagreed on many priorities from the start. They had disagreements over various issues, over Carter's support of Keith Ellison and his race for attorney general, Sowell expressing support for Ellison's ex-girlfriend, Karen Monahan, who alleged she was abused, also over the mayor's support for the Ramsey County oh. Gun Violence Initiative, and over Carter's decision to hire nine additional police officers. So it's not necessarily his ideas are getting ignored because they're bad ideas. His ideas are getting ignored for political reasons. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I got you. Because I started giggling when you gave that opening line about his ideas are getting... Like, try to work in radio once. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, where, where your big idea gets shot down every single day of your career. I got a great idea for a bit. Nah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. And then they use the bit and get, hey, what are you like, Sewage? No, that's... That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then the next day you hear him on the air doing it, claiming ownership. Crabby coffee shop. That's brilliant. I love it. I love it. <laughs> President Donald Trump's uh, former lawyer, Michael Cohen, has agreed to talk to the House Intelligence Committee. He'll do it on February 8th, but it'll be a closed-door testimony. I have to remember he pulled out of a separate public hearing due to security issues. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff said that Cohen will be appearing voluntarily. The panel will work with law enforcement to make sure he's safe. Cohen last week postponed testimony he was supposed to give the House Oversight and Reform Committee, blaming threats from President Trump and the president's attorney spokesman Rudy Giuliani. 
Cohen has not detailed the threats, nor has his lawyer. But Trump and Giuliani have publicly urged the Justice Department to investigate Cohen's father-in-law, insinuating he was part of some unspecific criminal activity. Meanwhile, the special counsel's Russia probe is close to being completed, according to the acting attorney general. Acting Attorney General Matthew Whitaker's comments were a departure for the Justice Department, which doesn't usually comment on the state of the investigation into whether President Trump's campaign coordinated with Russia during the 2016 presidential campaign. Whitaker did not elaborate or give any timetable for the end of the investigation. So far, Special Counsel Robert Mueller has charged 34 people, including several close to the president. Whatever you do, don't kiss your hedgehog. Well. Yeah, I, I can't. I'm not that flexible. I'm I have not that to flexible. admit, John, I'm guilty of reading this dumb story start to finish. And uh, <laughs> go ahead, and then I'm going to hit you with a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. I'm the expert on You're an the, expert on hedgehogs? Yeah, thanks. Pet hedgehogs apparently have sickened two Minnesotans and nine others nationwide in an outbreak reported last week by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The case has prompted federal health officials to warn pet owners they should use caution in handling the mammals and wash their hands thoroughly afterward. This is the second documented outbreak of hedgehog-related salmonella since 2013. Back then, 26 people fell ill, including eight who had to be hospitalized and one person who died. That's astounding. The strain responsible for the outbreak was identified with the help of the lab at the Minnesota Health Department in St. Paul. It collected samples from three hedgehogs at two Minnesota homes where people fell ill. (laughs) The current outbreak, which began in October, has sent one person to the hospital. In many of the outbreaks, the animals show no signs of illness. They appear to be clean, but their droppings contain salmonella bacteria, which then is spread to their bodies, bedding, toys, and their human keepers. So a little gets hung up there, uh, and then uh, mm-hmm. they're rubbing their butt on the carpet and on your pillow. might be on your pillow. Oh, gross. Uh, Rook. might get on uh, your shirt, you know. If you... Go to the big screen and look up, is there a Craven County, North Carolina? How many people? C-R-A-V-E-N. How many people kiss their dogs and allow their dogs to slather all over well, them? A lot. I don't. A lot. I, I allow strange dogs to slather all well, over me. I, I'm kind of into it, actually. <laughs> um, and how come we're not getting it from dogs? Because dogs are well, really... Uh, maybe they don't carry in, the in same... Their, uh, in their private time, dogs can be gross. Yeah, yeah, they don't leave it alone. Right. They might not carry the same things hedgehogs carry. I don't know. That it is coming out huh. of their bodies? I don't know. And where does this come from? And what does it mean, they're natural salmonella carriers? Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, well, I don't. Do you know anybody that owns a hedgehog? I mean, I, I don't. I think it's weird. Yeah, I do too. But that's just. And, and they're not. They're not attractive animals. No. Uh, speaking of weird, I, th- I think we lost the rest of the crew. I think no, we, I, I, I'm working on the next just story. You, it's like we're riding okay. in a car. We've got about an eight mile journey, an eight hour journey ahead of us, and we're just you know. ninety nine bottles of beer on the wall. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Bottles of beer. Mo- moving exactly. right along, John. You'd never mind these questions I have. Are we there yet? I got yeah. it. I got what I wanted, Rook. So take it now. Remember, <laughs> remember the uh, fella. We talked about in St. Paul who's going around slapping people. Yes. yes. He only, if he only would have encountered the right guy. <laughs> well, apparently, uh, th- those weren't the only stories. He was doing it in other parts of the Metro, too. Hmm. 38-year-old Justin Kanakoa of Minneapolis charged last week in Anoka County District Court with second and third degree assault in connection with attack on January 7th inside the Savers store in Central Avenue. Kanakoa remains jailed in lieu of 40 grand bail ahead of a February 11th hearing. He was dubbed the St. Paul Slapper 
John, to, pause a second yeah. for Joe's uh, Joe's benefit. Yeah. A savers store, it's like a dollar store. Okay, yeah. well, it's a, a no, thrift. It's, store. it's a thrift yeah, store. He's probably looking for some new it's outfit. A thrift store. Yeah, some new threads. It's yeah. It's uh, I, I like. Savers. I'm not going in there. I'm not going. It's like in a there. Goodwill. <laughs> you know what you can get at Savers? You I don't can, you care. Can get some good old books. Really? Can you yeah, get any yeah. meat? No, you know you what? They've been books that too many other people the have right touched. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but you like the half price bookstore. No, I don't. I thought you did. No, I think Is that's that the biggest rip off in the world. Oh. Take them. I've, I've taken them two hundred dollars worth of books. And they'll say, "Well, we'll give you six fifty for them." <laughs> right. <laughs> I said, "Never mind." Then I turn around. I take them to the library. Yeah, that's. Uh, I can't argue. Get a with tax write off. To answer your question, Kenny, you can I, uh, get some meat, but you got to be at the right savers. Oh, you got yeah. at the right time. I might have bought. Well, savers a, is where, where Pat bought the stuff for me at the. No, we at the it's not a dollar store. store. Kenny, oh. Kenny confused everybody. I th- it's a thrift store. Mm-hmm. I think I bought Waterline at, at uh, half price. <laughs> no, I doubt it. Dude. I'm pretty sure I. Did. I'm sure they wouldn't have taken it in. What could surprise me? I bought a stack of books there, and I went home and I read that thing <laughs> like three hours flat. I yeah. sat on the deck the, and went right through it. Think of the guy that that tried to get money for that. Said, "Sir, we're gonna have to." You're going to have to give us a debunk. Yeah, John, I'm almost done. Because I, I really no. want to get to something. Okay, but along the lines of Waterline, Patrick Gracie's best line ever was, you would have sold more books if you would have said your dad hated the Ayatollah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. I'd still be in hiding. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, he uh, he attacked a fellow at the Sabres. But they got okay. him. All right. Yeah, he's yeah, caught. Now yeah. he's been charged with that, but he hasn't been charged yet in all the St. Paul incidents, which is kind of weird. These was, aren't these aren't felonies, are they? Well, no, but he, well, he did hit one Assault. guy in St. Paul pretty hard and hurt him. Yeah. Joe's right, though. How does he have not encounter the right oh, guy? If he only encountered the clock? right guy. Yeah. Did, See, did you have something, Joe? Is that why you're looking at me? Well, we're going to take a break, <laughs> but when we come back, I want you to pay attention to something because there'll be a test involved. Oh, there'll oh, be a test. Oh, I hate oh. tests. Yeah. Have you noticed the consolidation happening to commercial insurance agencies today? This is Patrick Ricey for the Academy Group. The big just keep getting bigger and you and your business continue to get passed around until you become a dreaded house account. You have been consolidated. All of this was done to you without your control. Get options and take control of your company's insurance program. Have the Canopy Group help you gain a commercial insurance strategy that makes your business more attractive to the insurance industry. The more insurance companies that we can get interested in your business, the more competitive your pricing will be. If your business is renewing in January, February, or March and is paying less than $80,000 in premium, don't accept being a house account. Get the attention you deserve with the Canopy Group. Visit thecanopygroup.com or call 800 800-967-3389. 800-967-3389. Sometimes lost kids' stories turn out for the better. Right. Well, there was a kid down in uh, North Carolina who was lost in the woods for a couple of days. His name is Casey Hathaway. He was missing for three days. He was found at the end of last week. Do you recall this story? Yeah. He was cold, but he was alive. He was in a mess of vines and thorns. 
He's three years old. He has volunteered one noteworthy detail about those days in the woods. He said a bear kept him company. All right. He made a comment about having a friend while he was in the woods. His friend was a bear, Major David McFadden, with the Craven County Sheriff's Office, told CNN just yesterday. In the emergency room, he started talking about what happened in the woods, and he said he had a friend who was a bear with him while he was in the woods. McFadden said there are bears in the woods of Craven County, uh, which is uh, based on the map you looked up is pretty much eastern North Carolina. Yes. But there's no evidence to prove one was with the child. All that matters, McFadden said, is that something was there to comfort him during the three days. We are very pleased he had that type of comfort. There were some brutal conditions out there. The first night, it dropped down to 20 degrees. The second night, two inches of rain. The three-year-old boy will undergo a forensic psychological exam this week, McFadden said. But for now, authorities are giving uh, the child time to recover and settle in with his family. He has not been interviewed yet about what happened. He's a three-year-old little boy, McFadden said. Until we do the forensic exam... We will not have a definite idea. Casey was playing with two other kids or two other relatives in his great. Just a minute, I am having a Roycey like acid. Huge belch. <laughs> you got a little on your chin there. Casey was playing with two other relatives in his great grandmother's backyard Tuesday, but did not come inside when the others did. CNN affiliate WTVD reported his family searched for him for forty-five minutes before calling nine one one. He was walking in the woods back there, and we can't find him, his great-grandmother told the 911 dispatcher. The other ones came through the house but left him there, and he walked off somewhere, and we can't find him. Search and rescue teams from across the state immediately came together to brave the treacherous terrain and low temperatures, boy, thank God it wasn't in this weather, to find Casey. The FBI, NCIS, dozens of volunteers, and the U.S. Marine Corps also, because they're, they're, uh, they got a station down there, joined the effort to find the boy. Authorities used helicopters, drones, and canine units. Wow. Craven County Emergency Management Director Stanley Kite said uh, divers, uh, divers also assessed the nearby woods. I'm almost done. Uh, Casey, who authorities say weighs 25 pounds and is 2 feet 4 inches tall, was stuck out in conditions so bad that volunteers were turned away from the search. Uh, they were uh, they were concerned about the extreme cold. On day three, a tip led them led the search team to a spot where they were able to hear the three year old calling out for his mother. He was found forty to fifty yards away. Any thoughts? Mm-hmm. I've got Just a lot a of thoughts, but I don't know what you're looking for here. Uh, Reaver, you have a thought? You said forty to fifty yards mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Well, forty to fifty yards away from where they heard his voice. Oh, okay. I don't know I'm how sorry, far I'm that sorry. was from the house. 20 degrees, you're going to die if you're three years I'm old. Just, I'm just curious if anybody had the same thought I did. Uh, first thing, uh, why did the other two playmates allow him not to come back? Way on the wrong track compared to what I was thinking I, I, of. I believe the kid and the bear. I absolutely believe him. That's the only thing that could have kept him warm. 20 degrees would kill a kid. That that 20's cold right. for him. Well, you're pounds, on the right track with the bear. Old. I think the bear took him in and, and kept him warm. Why would Sn- a bear do that? It's instinct. What what might it be more instinctual of or instinctive of? Its own kid. Nope. I, I don't uh, know. Nope. A dog? Nope. No. What? Okay, don't, you can't give us the answer. We no, have to stumble yeah, make us this. work for it. Okay, know. so... Uh, You're no. in a remote area of North Carolina. 
Mm-hmm. You're in the woods. You're not going dueling banjos here, are you? Nope. He's going. Nope. Was it blurry? Yep. Oh, oh no. Uh, no. Was it blurry? I had that Ford. brief thought, and I thought it was so dumb that I didn't bother bringing it up. I don't think it's it dumb. Really? I don't think so. I don't necessarily know that a bear would have the instinct of protecting a child. I'm just saying. Where Bigfoot's making him spaghettios. He had beautiful hair. He had beautiful Wasn't that North hair. Carolina? Beautiful yeah, that hair. was North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying Bigfoot exists. What I am saying is wow. I find it difficult to believe that a bear would not have wounded the child. But a bear is only going to attack, Kenny, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't a bear only going to attack a human that it feels threatened by? No, a bear, uh, everything. So my four-year-old... Why didn't the bear see dinner when he saw this That's kid? That's what's... I think Joe has a good point, because but, that's what bears see in everything. Okay. They see a meal. Why didn't the kid, Why didn't the bear see dinner? If it was a raccoon, that raccoon would have been at, mm-hmm. as they say. This thing was 10 foot tall. He had beautiful hair. <laughs> okay. Now, I know it's fanciful, and it's silly because all pictures of these creatures are blurry. But if this kid says, I, was, I had a bear with me the whole time, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't seem plausible that it was a bear. Okay. But then... And I have no reason to believe that a Bigfoot creature, if such a thing exists, would not also have looked at the child and thought, there's my next meal. I, but maybe maybe these creatures have some instinctive level of uh, there's a there's kind of a someone like me uh you know he's got two legs and two arms and he's not threatening me and he's going to freeze to death maybe I ought to hug him you know what you were right we aren't going to make it to 100 episodes. He's gone crazy! I don't think so. Here's what I entered into Google. Will a wild bear care for a human child? Answer. Bears are not ferocious. They are not mean or malicious. Bears are normally shy, retiring animals that have very little desire to interact with humans unless they are forced to avoid us or uh, near a food source or their own kids. Well, then that would suggest that at the very least uh, what would have happened is the bear would have completely ignored the child and walked away. There's nothing in what you just read to suggest the bear would Would have have decided to comfort the child. Right. Yeah, Bigfoot is quite popular in North Carolina, too. Absolutely, which is the only reason I thought of it was because he has beautiful hair. Right, and that's where they have the big festival every year, too. How do you know it wasn't just some weird old hermit? Okay, Uh, however, (laughs) that that could have been, especially North Carolina. But I I don't think so. Your description... Why would a hermit be living outside if it's two degrees? Uh, Not by choice. Bigfoot would be. But what, what what you described here? Am I going down a completely wrong track here? Well, new podcast whatsoever. New but what you described, where he was found, they said volunteers were turned away because it was so treacherous, treacherous and, and, and yes. un- covered in thorns and vines. And maybe that's where you know. Biggie. So then, why did Bigfoot then all of a sudden decide I'm going to dump him here? You know what I would hope. Put him on the outskirts. I would hope that the kid's clothing uh, was saved. Obviously, it was probably saved. DNA. But I hope they go yeah. after some DNA testing based on what might have been on the kid's coat or they jacket did. or whatever. They did. I saw a report, but all the DNA reports were blurry. <laughs> 
What did I ask you before the? Oh, I would damn it. Speaking of that, I would. I like, you were go I, ask you? I would like the dear subscribers to this podcast to know that off when we took a little break before we approached this, Joe admonished all of us yeah. to yeah. approach this with he a did. very serious not, demeanor. Not, not, not serious. None of our ass grabbing yes. nonsense. But not, not, not necessarily <laughs> serious, but isn't it a fun scenario to play out? It is. It it's one that could possibly work. Maybe, uh, maybe if if we don't make it to hundred podcasts, we could start a new coast to coast podcast. Hi, I'm Art Bell. Hi, this is Art Bell. Okay, you got a little kid not that far from his home for three days. You can't find pounds. that kid, and the kid says, "Yeah, but I had a friend with me." Yeah, it's one of them moonshiners. I watch that yeah. moonshiner. <laughs> it's one of those, one of those snaggletooth, snaggletooth old moonshiner. Vroom, vroom, there goes Junior Johnson. He's got, a, he's got. That was also Breslin. Yeah, uh, no, that was Tom Wolf. Oh, that was what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's got the still hidden up in the woods next to the bubbling creek that comes out of the hill. Yeah, it was a guy making Rookie, shine. You did show great restraint, Joe. You couldn't see his face, but Rook? he and I did not make. I could look at him because uh, I knew it was coming as you were reading Seriously. the story. Yeah. Get on the phone right now. I'm, I, I, no, I'm deadly serious. I'm a guy in a bear suit zipping Deadly up. serious. You want uh, you want uh, Sheriff uh, David McFadden, M C Big F A D Y E N A D Y E N. Okay, McFadden, mm-hmm. Craven County Sheriff, North Carolina. Seriously. Uh, we're, we're, how do we call right now? How do we do that? Why don't, do well, you have to go to a different room? Yeah, probably. Probably. And I bet I bet he's going to say we thought of that. Either that or he's going to say, well, you're a complete moron. I'm hanging up on you. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, I want this fellow called. Oh, he'll entertain. He'll entertain you. You know he will. If you're telling me that they're having a Bigfoot festival there every year, are you going to do what I'm asking you, yes, Rook, or are you looking that. for something? I was looking for something. Well, no for... bear meat at the glory hole. <laughs> look up, look up <laughs> Sheriff okay. David McFadden. Uh, what county did I say that Craven. was? Craven. Craven County. Uh, let's do it during this break, and I really, really would love to ask this guy a question or two. Like, do you want to go camping? <laughs> <laughs> well, my admonishment didn't work. Yeah, not, not so good. I think we held out for quite a I bit. I do, too. We held out for quite a bit. If you'd like to learn more, get some back issues of Garage Logic, go to garagelogic.com and check out what's on Joe's bookshelf. And bear also, meat? Glory hole? No bear meat at the glory hole, Kenny. We'll be back for more at garagelogic.com. Rate us on Apple iTunes. We'll see you soon.